Howdy, hello, and welcome to yet another episode of Annoying Question Boy podcast. Uh, Today, we are actually somewhat focused on a a particular topic. Um, I'm recording this a few days later than I was planning on to uh, recording, so we also have the Nevada caucus to talk about, which is exciting. Um... But yeah, that's about it. Today we're going to be talking about why class consciousness, I know I kind of, I'm coming back to this topic again, but we're going to talk about why class consciousness is so important right now and probably more important than it has been in very recent years. Um, Why and uh, how to really, really bring social attention to it. But before anything, of course, you know, we got to roll the intro music. So let's do that. We're back to our roots with that intro music right there, that's for sure. Um, So yeah, like I said, today we're going to be talking about uh, why class consciousness is incredibly important, uh, especially right now in the times that we are seeing currently in this country. Um, We're also going to talk about, just a little bit, because uh, it's it's still being reported on the Nevada caucus, Uh, we're going to talk about what those results mean. And, uh, yeah, I think we got a good pod ahead of us. So, first things first, of course, class consciousness is the ideology and realization that there are two classes in every society. There are the bourgeoisie, uh, the 1%, the billionaire class, the owners of the means of production. Um, and then you have the proletariat, the true, uh, rightful owners of the means of production, the working class, the the average citizen, your run-of-the-mill person you know what i'm saying um nine to five fighting for every last dollar they can fight for um and what class consciousness means um at least in my own loose definition is the understanding that we as a class the proletariat are not separate we are not black and white we are not um, nine to five, one to 10 workers. We are not middle-class, lower cat class, impoverished. We are the proletariat. We are one and, uh, we are the people. Um, we are the voting block. We are the power brigade. We are the wall that should be standing between the bourgeoisie and their ability to seize control of society. So why is class consciousness so important? Well, if you uh, subscribe to my pretty awful definition of what class consciousness is, then you realize that the true struggle in every society is the working class citizen's ability to live a happy, healthy, and safe life without having to basically kill themselves on a daily basis um, working for the bourgeoisie. As we see in this country, we are a very focused uh, population on hard work. We're very focused on patriotism and all these things. And these are all just small, insignificant little figurines, basically, that take our eye off the prize. Um, And what I see, especially working in a place that I work in, um, is that we are so blind and so willing to accept whatever our masters give to us, really, that we are on a daily basis continuing to be brainwashed that everything is the way it's supposed to be. Um, 
A clear-cut example of that would be uh, one of my coworkers was complaining that he couldn't afford, you know, his medication. He's an older gentleman. And uh, the only reason he's working at Lowe's is so he can afford the uh, medication that he needs. He has a heart condition. If he weren't to take his medication, there's a chance that he could have a heart attack. And there's not a single part of him that seemed, at least, like I said, that seemed like it thought there was anything wrong with that. You know, he he said it in a manner that was like, yeah, you know, you know how it is. If I don't take this medication, I just got to die. So I, I got to pick up a second job, even though I'm 70 plus years old. Sorry, I had to take a drink of uh, my coffee. Um, and that right there is a, a clear cut example of how open to manipulation and exploitation we as a populace really are. I mean, the general consensus in this country kind of aligns itself with, I don't even know how to describe it, but robots, really. I mean, we go to work nine to five, we go home, we eat, we go to bed, we do it again tomorrow, no matter what. We feel awful for calling in when we are sick. We feel awful for having to ask for days off when we need a vacation. We feel awful when we have obligations that come up um, that take us out of work. And a lot of times if we have these things, vacations, we don't feel well, or we have other obligations, we some, a lot of people really can't actually miss work because they can't afford to. You know, the gentleman that I work with, if he were to miss a week of work, that's probably, I mean, he works three, four days a week. So that's probably like three, $400 out of his paycheck. He wouldn't be able to afford his medication this month. So that means if he gets the flu, He's got to fucking come to work. And what's that mean? That means now I get the flu or so-and-so gets the flu. And it's just a spiral that really is self-sustaining. So now when you look at this country in that manner, um, one thing that really jumps out at you is the fact that, as it's been pointed out by many different sources, we have lost, not that we ever really truly had it, the middle class in this country. You know, the somewhat affluent, uh, not rich, but not poor, doesn't really need to struggle um, class of people. I mean, I guess we have that still, but I would even consider them lower class still because there's still a lot of people who are pretty well off that if they missed work or got sick or maybe got in a car accident or something like that, they wouldn't be able to afford their medical bills. They wouldn't be able to afford staying out of work. Maybe they're child is in college, they'd have to leave college to take care of them because they can't afford the hospital bills or in-home nursing. Um, These are all things that across the board we really face in this country. And yet our government and our policymakers and really just the the general uh, powers that be are so good at manipulating our ideology and understanding of these things that The comment was made to me at work the other day that the reason why, one, stuff is so expensive in the store, and two, why he had to show his ID to return something without a receipt was because, quote-unquote, the goddamn immigrants. So this is just a a very perfect uh, look into the mindset that is being created in this country because of news sources, uh, propaganda, and just the the overall social 
idea of what is causing problems in society. Um, you got the immigrants, you've got, and in that you have illegal and legal immigrants, both being lumped into one and saying this is their fault. You know, um, you have a lot of people blame those on welfare, um, thieves, poor people, shit like that. But what is lost in translation in that statement is, one, we'll, we'll talk about immigrants really quick. Why are they immigrating? You know, are they fleeing persecution? Are they fleeing natural disaster? Are they coming to this country for a better uh, chance at life? Are they coming to this country to set their children up with a better chance at life? You know, these are all things that are commonly uh, overlooked and uh, very well would be done the same by anyone in this country if they needed to. Uh, then you have people saying, oh, it's the welfare system, it's the poor, the thieves. Well, I had a little conversation again with someone at work today um, that when we're asked by my boss to pay attention to those who are stealing, get a good description when the alarm system goes off of the person walking out and all that shit. And I said, no, um, I got yelled at, you know, this is a part of your job, da 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 But as it should be looked at, if someone is in a shitty enough situation where they feel like they have to go to Lowe's and steal a drill in order to maybe put food on their table, have gas in their car, such and such. It is not my place to step in front of them, you know, nor do I really even give a shit. I'm not getting paid enough to give a shit, but I also know that nobody just steals for shits and giggles if they have the money to pay for it. They steal because they have to. People are on welfare because they fucking have to be. You can't People with disabilities, mental or physical, um, who can't work, they still need to eat. People who, you know, have a job or have kids and all these things and their job doesn't pay enough for what they need, need that money. They got to feed themselves. They have to feed their kids. They have to have a place to sleep. They have to have a place to get clean water, have shelter, get out of the, you know, the weather and all these things. So why is it that we look at impoverished people, or I guess I'll, I'll change my narrative, um, uh, lesser privileged people, why do we look at them in such light as if we are so incapable of getting to that point ourselves? Um, my favorite quote is you are uh, 10 times more likely, maybe a thousand times more likely to by tomorrow become homeless than you are to become a billionaire. You know, we are all really, really, really right in the line between survival and not survival. And I don't think we really pay attention to it enough because we want to remove ourselves from that mentality as to not give ourselves anxiety. But it it should be looked at in the light that you and I are very capable of getting to that point in our lives very quickly. You know, I broke my ankle in ninth grade and had $180,000 worth of medical bills in less than a year. I couldn't fucking pay that. Luckily, we didn't have to, but I couldn't even imagine if my parents would have had to pay that. You know, we would have been, we would have lost our house. We would have lost our car, all these things. So the importance of class consciousness is understanding that we ourselves are so close to that line that we should not look at those who have passed that line uh, and are lesser privileged than ourselves in any type of negative light because that could be us and it really is already us um 
So this is very important when it comes to not only elections and government and everything like that, but just society as a whole. Um, uh, an educated society, a together society will always be a stronger society. And uh, a strong society and people group is really what this country needs right now. When you look at things like the health insurance industries, the housing industry, uh, climate change, uh, how close we are to a, a, an utter global crisis when it comes to climate change, um, homelessness in this country, addiction, all these things are systemic and truly built upon due to a negative narrative that is being pushed in this country towards these lesser privileged people. Um, if you yourself are an addict, there is probably not a likelihood that you want to go to addiction counseling or talk to anyone close to yourself or really seek any help because you don't want the negative repercussions and judgment that come, comes with that. Um, if you're homeless and things like that, you don't want to ask for a handout because the narrative in this country is if you're if you're hurting, it's because you're not working hard enough. And you don't want to point out the fact that you're not working hard enough because then you'll hear that you're not working hard enough. Um, medical bills, all that stuff. Oh, that's just how it is. But it's not, you know, as we see by Bernie's Medicare for all bill and what really could be done in this country with enough of a general consensus. But the issue still stands that the true and pinpointed problem is lack of class consciousness that leads to certain narratives and conversations being constructed in a certain way. Um, you know, if you don't have a job, you're a loser. If uh, you can't pay for dinner, you're a loser. If you don't have a house, you're a loser. If you don't have a car, you're a loser. But these are all things that really a lot of us could be facing tomorrow if we fucked up. If we got if we fucked up and got a cold, there's a chance that I might lose my car. Uh, if I fucked up and broke my leg, there's a chance that I might, you know, not be able to afford a house or my medical bills and things of that nature. So I think what's truly important about class consciousness is if we as a people group can come together enough to understand that we are all in the same boat, we can use that momentum and that togetherness and that communal feeling to create true systemic and sustainable change in this country. Um, the main reason why I brought up class consciousness is because I'm writing a paper on climate change da, 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 for sociology. And one of the things that was brought up in there is class consciousness. And I was really surprised that in a sociological article, they talked about class consciousness, but it's true. We, as a people, live in a society that is so built on so many different institutions and things that are causing climate change. And we're not even aware of it, or at least we're choosing to ignore it. And that's what's leading to worse and worse climate change. And we as a class, as the consuming class, that's what they called it, the consumption or consuming class need to band together against the exploiting class. Which translates perfectly to proletariat and bourgeoisie because we are the consuming class. We're consuming labor. We're consuming goods that we can barely afford, consuming 
institutions we can barely afford. Well, the bourgeoisie are exploiting us for that because we need these things in order to live in the society that exists. You know, if you don't have a car or you can't afford new clothes or you can't afford medication, there's a chance you can't get a job. Then since you can't get a job now, yet again, you can't afford these things. So you get worse and worse and worse and worse because society is so structured for those of us who can afford shit. Even just most of the shit. So, there's that on class consciousness. I don't want to get too incredibly deep and go too far in because, you know, this is all stuff that isn't really too crazy to understand. You you can be able to figure it out yourself. I just figured I'd talk about it for a little bit. Um, and we had the Nevada caucus last night. So, let me go ahead and check right now what Google is saying is the uh, the results... I'll reload this page because I was already on it this morning. So it's 60, 60% reporting, according to the Associated Press. We're looking at a Bernie Sanders win, which is obvious, of course. Uh, at 46% with 3,523 total votes in his favor so far. So... As we all know, or at least you know, probably, if you're listening to this podcast, the Iowa caucus was some fuck shit. It was just true and utter corruption on every level, and it was a truly mask-off moment for the DNC that was not punished even in the slightest bit, other than they were dragged a little bit on social media and in the news, but not even really in the news. Um, So when you look at the Nevada caucus, um, I'm not, I, I only recently began to understand what a caucus really is. But I don't know how many polling locations there were in Nevada, but it's been a whole fucking day. It's been 24 hours. How the fuck are we only at 60% reporting? How is it that difficult? I understand recounts. I understand all these things. But, like, we should be at 100% right now. And the annoying thing is Bernie Sanders won Iowa, but he didn't get the recognition for winning Iowa that he should have. So now my leftist mentality, my, um, oh, I can't think of the word, skeptic mentality is how the fuck, how is the DNC going to fuck him out of this? Well, I was watching, regrettably, MSNBC this morning while getting ready for work. And you know what their segment was? When talking about the Nevada caucus, was it who came in first, who's projected to come in first, you know, with numbers? No. Their conversation that they were having as I walked out the door was they were deciding who they thought was going to come in second place. So yet again, another way for mainstream media to keep Bernie Sanders out of the conversation in order to keep general ideology or general mentality away from him because honestly if you don't follow politics very strongly or at all really one you probably don't even know who you're voting for right now two if you do you're probably voting for joe biden or pete Buttigieg because you think you're supposed to um three you probably don't like bernie sanders because of everything that people who are pro bernie sanders post You've probably been indoctrinated into thinking that's annoying um, or wrong uh, or un-American, which 
is just a whole nother thing on its own. But so to see MSNBC completely ignoring the data that they already had, completely ignoring the fact that Bernie Sanders is 100% going to win. He was projected to win on fucking Fox News last night. That's insane. Um, They're completely ignoring that and just simply talking about who's going to come in second place. That's bullshit. So yet again, we see corruption in the DNC. So what does this mean? Well, to me many of the people on the Facebook and Twitter pages that I follow, it means let's get fucking ready, folks, because here's the thing. We are, we are at a dropping point. We are at a crisis line, I guess you'd call it. America and really the, the, the world itself is at a point where if we fuck up, we're fucked. Um, if we don't pay attention to climate change and get to net zero emissions, the world is going to die. If we continue to allow neoliberalism to control this country as long as well as many others, we're going to fuck a lot of p- people out of a happy, healthy, safe life. Uh, you look at Bolivia, Venezuela, Chile, um, Brazil, all these South American countries who are trying to... Well, Brazil, I guess, wouldn't be included in that. But they're trying to get rid of neoliberal politics because it's killing hundreds of thousands of people. And that's what it's doing in this country. But because we're so indoctrinated into thinking that's the American way, we're not even paying attention to it. But that's what it is. Neoliberalism has controlled our government, I'd say probably since the 70s, 60s or 70s, because before then it was just hard fucking right. Um, And we're really not doing anything about it. I mean, Bolivia is literally driving, like going into the streets and fucking killing police officers. Not say, obviously, I'm not saying we should do that. I don't want to be put on any kind of watch list if I'm not already. But it should sit in the back of your head that Keep a close eye on this, because if this doesn't work out, if we don't see a Bernie Sanders presidency, or even a Bernie Sanders nomination, it's time to step up and revolt, because our time has been now for a long, long time, and we're finally at a point where, like I said, if we fuck this shit up, we're fucked. So, be sure to... Be ready to do whatever it takes to see a better America and a better tomorrow and a better world for yourself, uh, for your children, for your nieces and nephews, grandchildren, what have you. Because if we are not conscious, if we are not class conscious, and if we don't come together and fight for what we deserve, we will not get anything. Thank you, as always, for listening to the podcast. Uh, it is Ben, your boy, annoying question boy. Um, if you don't already, go ahead and find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr, which I, I think I'm going to take Tumblr off that. I don't know how the fuck to use Tumblr. Um, so find me Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at annoying question boy. Um, 
Go ahead and find my podcast if you're listening to it here. You can also find it on Anchor. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, and you can find it on Spotify. Um, And if you haven't already, also go ahead and check out my blog on Blogger, which is also Annoying Question Boy. My URL and link for that are in the description of every single one of my social media accounts. Um, Let's see, what should I have you do today? Go ahead and get a hot, freshly brewed cup of coffee. Make yourself a little cup. Take the rest, dump it on the hood of a cop car. And then, I don't know, throw your shoe at the cop car. Sick. Have a good one.